Hey there, motorsports fans, and welcome to another episode of the NRL Show. I'm your host, Lainey. Round five is behind us, and the season so far continues to show that we are in the era of golden points and upsets. We saw our first draw for the season, and a team coming back to prove that we were perhaps too early to dismiss their heart and resilience for 2023. In this episode, we touch on the best and worst performances of round five and share with you our previews for round six. After their performance in round five, the Cronulla Sharks will be having a bye this round. And for the Easter long weekend, we have extra days to enjoy the rugby league, which has been outstanding viewing as of late. A lot of close matches and some upsets that have kept us on the edge of our seats. We're excited about the matches ahead as we start to see some teams really making big statements and silencing doubters. Joining me on the panel today is Gabby, Emma and Lachlan. We hope you enjoyed the show. Of all player, best performance of the round and why? I'm going to go with Isaiah Yo for Penrith. Um, he was really strong through the middle. I think he's a little bit, um, even though he has that representative uh, experience now, I still think he's a bit underrated at club level with Penrith. But he just does such a great job week in, week out. And uh, this week was just really strong in like... Um, helping his team pull away from Canberra in that second half. So that was a really important win for Penrith, and he was a very important part of that. Scott Dom Young from the Knights. I think collectively I thought the Knights were incredible against Manly with that draw, but Dom Young was so influential considering he was dropped from the side from the previous week and to come back and score four tries, one being one of the most incredible tries I've ever seen. He was just outstanding. So, yeah, he got my pick this week. I also um, liked Dom Young. I think probably for the maybe the best moment, uh, it pains me to say it, but um, Adokar and Matt Burton coming back um, to win the game against the Cowboys. Um, So it was unfortunate for me, but it was a pretty exciting moment. I think they pulled off something pretty special there. So that was good. But I agree with both of you guys. So they also played well. Well, I thought the best performance for the round, um, it was probably some bit biased, but I thought Sean Johnson was it for me in the Warriors. Um, He was able to hold it together for the win. And I remember sort of watching the interview afterwards when um, he just walked off the field pouring rain and one of the reporters had asked him, you know, how do you feel about that win? And he said, we're just in the locker room talking to ourselves, um, you know, thinking, well, what happens if we just like change the story on this and we go out there and we run it up and we end up um, winning this? And I don't know, it's that whole manifestation thing, perhaps. (laughs) And uh, they came through and won. So over a team like the Sharks, which we were all saying was too strong, perhaps, with Nico on on board. Um, The fact that they pulled out the win, um, I was pretty happy with that. And I think most of New Zealand was pretty happy with that. Twitter just went bananas, absolutely bananas. So uh, can I ask, who wants to go first? What was the worst performance of the round? Lachlan, do you want to go first? For me, it was hands down Canberra. You can't perform, I guess, like that over 80 minutes. They just really get it let. Let it, it got way, way, way too out of hand. Even against, you know, the back-to-back premiers, you can't, you can't just let that happen. They've got a lot of work to do um, over the coming weeks if they want to be competitive at all this season. I had the Raiders as well. Um, yeah. I agree with you, Lachlan. That second half got away on them. But Penrith weren't overly impressive. Like, it wasn't like they were outstanding, but the Raiders just something happened and... Yeah, just let too many points slide and not impressive at all. 
Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, I've got to pick them as well. But we did have a couple of other um, blowouts, though. Um, as as we know, Paul Lachlan with the Tigers. And and then even the Dolphins to get beaten by the Dragons. That's pretty embarrassing. But, yeah. That's a good point, actually. Could be a three-way tie for me. To be I was going to go after the Tigers, but I might just leave them alone. We've had enough. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I think it was, was it Tim Sheens that said that? We might end up winning the bye or something like that in a few yeah. weeks. Oh, my God. Why? Okay. I don't understand what went through his head before saying that. Like, did he really think it would that there'd be a positive reaction to that? I don't know. Okay, so we've heard about the, um, the best and worst performances. So should, let's get into it, okay, guys? So this round, it's two short working weeks in a row and a long weekend in between. And so fans can tuck into a, a very healthy helping of our rugby league, which, which includes a Monday match. So Canela Sharks have got a bye for round six, likely recalibrating after their loss to the Warriors, playing in very awful weather. All right, so for the Easter long weekend, the first match is in Melbourne with some rain forecasts for the Melbourne Storm taking on the Sydney Roosters. You could argue this is prime conditions for the Storm. So both teams are coming off a win um, in round five. Gabby, it looks like the Storm are making a comeback into the competition. Do you think they will be building on that strength for a win over the Roosters? 100%. I think last week Melbourne had an impressive win against South and we finally have seen a Melbourne team of old. They have got everything together again. They looked like everything was flowing. But in saying that, the Roosters did have an impressive win against Parramatta as well. I think this will be a huge game to kick off a long weekend of footy. For the Storm this week, we see the return of Jerome Hughes, who is back from suspension. So this will mean that the superstar rookie, Jonah Pezzett, will shift back to the reserves. However, I don't think we've actually seen the last of Jonah. He's been massively influential for Melbourne, particularly against South. I think he's got a big future ahead, so we're destined to see more of him. The only other change, really, that Bellamy has made to his side is... Um, his bench with Tarek Sims replacing Grant Anderson, who is shifting to 18th man. And for the Roosters, uh, they have a big loss this week, missing their captain, James Tedesco, as he follows HIA protocols. Joey Manu has been named to fill in at fullback position this week, coming back from suspension. I know there was a bit of talk about who would replace Teddy at fullback this week, whether Joseph Suwali'i or Joey Manu. But I think Joey Manu is probably the best pick there, given that he's fresh. He's not; He hasn't been injured, given he was suspended, so he would have been still training. And, yeah, I think he's the better option at that fullback position this week. Um, also, the Roosters have won their past seven out of eight games where Joseph Manu was at fullback. So that's a little positive for the Roosters. And I think it'll be a tense and fiery clash. It'll be good to see Hughes and Munster play again together. Um, This will be the first time since round one. Uh, Melbourne have won their past five of their six games against the Roosters, Um, but last week Roosters were strong against Parramatta, particularly JWH. I was a fan of his effort. He was putting them back in their place, um, which was good to see. I just think this week Melbourne are fielding one of their strongest sides of the year, having Tarek Sims on the bench, Munster, Hughes, Harry Grant. I think that they'll be tough to beat given they've sort of found their mojo, so to speak. I can't get over how many good games there are. Like every single week we just have another absolute cracker. This is 
you know, grand final from just a few years ago rematch. There's, again, there's just so much happening every game, and this is it's definitely no exception. Uh, Melbourne look very strong on paper. Something, you know, maybe this is a sign they're uh, emerging from the worst of those uh, that injury crisis, if you will. I think they will be a bit too strong for the Roosters, but it will certainly be a close game. Yeah, I'm excited for this game. Um, see the Cheese go up against his old team. That'll be a nice little rivalry there. On paper, they're looking pretty strong, and uh, I think it might be able to just get them over the line, but I think it will be a tough game. Yeah, I'm going for Storm for this one. Um, they're looking pretty good. Although statistically, both teams are kind of 50-50. Yeah, they're um, on par. It's hard to split them. Yeah, um, like even the average points um, when you think about their performance over the past few years. Yeah, I'm going for Storm because um, maybe that was the calm that we saw in previous weeks before the Storm. I don't know, but uh, not a lot of science in it for me. Just thank you, Gabby. Thanks, everyone. Um, So the first game that we have on Friday, on Good Friday, there is rain in Sydney forecasted for Thursday and Friday. So uh, it might be a bit of a wet turf for the match between the Canterbury Bulldogs and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. This is a bit of a rivalry clash between these two teams. Um, I think as far back as 2007, so the Bulldogs um, are ranked eighth and the Rabbitohs are 13th. Um, I think the Rabbitohs are perhaps well-themed for the Easter holiday. It's over at Sydney Olympic Park. So last week we all thought the Cowboys would be too tough for the Bulldogs, but it turned out there was more fight in the dogs to clinch that golden point win. My heart sank for Emma as I watched those closing minutes. And these two teams back in 2015, the Good Friday match, I don't know if any of you remember, there was a bit of mayhem in that 2015 matchup. Canterbury and South Sydney, I think the referee award sounds a very controversial penalty in the dying minutes. And then I think it was Bryson Goodwin who kicked a penalty goal, which saw the Rabbitohs win 18-17. to 17. Um, There might be some bad blood still between these two sides. And for the Bulldogs, they'll be happy after that win um, over the Cowboys, especially keeping that margin close at halftime and to come back. So Cameron Serraldo is perhaps a little happier at the improvement of his team that let that second half um, slip away a few too many times this season. And also great to see Josh Reynolds out there for 37 minutes. He returned to the field last week um, and he's also been named to play this week. Um, he still obviously has that on-field passion, which we saw directed at the ref. Um, at one point during the game. So there are a few casualties at the Bulldog camp, but also some new faces that we'll see. So Vidya Mekikau, he's out for another week after suffering a Category 1 head knock at training last Friday. Uh, Raymond Faitala Marana is out due to a concussion. Franklin Pele has a broken arm. And Jaden Ockenvoort is out on suspension. So in the forwards, Max King, he's been cleared of any serious eye injury uh, following an issue in the last round. And Jacob Preston's also been named to play. Although um, he is okay to um, go on, Harrison Edwards comes in at lock and Jackson Topine and Jaden Tanner are on the bench. So that's um, what it is for the Bulldogs. Look, in my opinion, they need to tighten up their defence. Like They've got some great players there, like Jacob Kiras, who I thought was a standout, or well, standout to me, very fit, great with offloads, star player to watch. Jacob Preston and Reid Marnie, always quite instrumental, and a, probably a special mention and hats off to Matt Burton for that field goal to, swim, to seal uh, that um, win last week. For the Rabbitohs, their loss to the Storm at a barely half-full stadium was perhaps due to the lack of fan support. I don't know. Um, but uh, 
with more possession attack meters and tackle breaks, yeah, that didn't turn the points for them. So there's something that's just not happening for the rabbits. They were outmatched by the storm. They just had better kicking game, much more impactful attack. Charles Mitchell will actually be making his 150th NRL appearance um, this weekend, which might be the extra feel that the Rabbits will need to get a victory. They've had a few frustrating losses. So the team winger, um, Alex Johnson, he's out due to concussion. Um, Payne Milne will return in the first NRL game for his season and be taking his place. Um, prop to Vita Talota, he's recovered from his knee injury and he's been named on the side. And uh, Daniel Saluka Fafita is on the bench and Michael Chikam becomes the 18th man. The Rabbitohs have actually won nine of their past 11 games against the Bulldogs, so they might continue to keep that run going. South Sydney, they'll be seeking redemption after some losses this season with short margins, but they'll have to clean up a lot of their errors and their completion rates if they think they're going to come in with a win this game. I haven't actually been tipping the South very well because they've just been inconsistent, you know, from one week to another week. However, I think they've learned their lessons and any hard lessons in the following week, it just doesn't translate onto the field because of the Latrell stone that he's got coming and because they'll probably taken a hard look at themselves um, over the past week. I'm tipping the Rabbits to win this particular game only because they seem to find the fight somewhere for really big events and big matches. And I think that's perhaps what's going to carry them through for the win in this. I have no margin. That's it. Rabbits for the win. 2014 grand final rematch. I know that's like nine years ago now, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, a bit of a derby, I guess, of South Sydney. It's going to be it's going to be a good game. I think you touched on Jacob Kraz. He's been looking really good this year. He went over to England playing for Lebanon in the World Cup over the off-season, and he's just come back with, I think, a lot more experience to draw on in these big games. Um, I think he's got a big future in the game. The Souths will be hurting a bit after last week, but, yeah, I reckon they'll they'll find it within them to get the victory, just, just like you, Lainey. I wish I was confident enough to back the Bulldogs because that win against the Cowboys last week would have given them a heap of confidence going into this match. And South getting beat by the Storm was probably be kicking themselves a little bit. I think I'm going to go South just because Bulldogs haven't given me enough confidence to fully back them 100%. I thought last week was a tiny little bit of a fluke, just quietly. At first glance, um, it's definitely got to be South for me, but... I don't know. The Bulldogs have actually impressed me. They have done um, more than I had first anticipated for them at the start of the season. Um, and for the South, I don't know if it's just me, but is Latrell like, is something going on there? I feel like he's, I don't know if it's just. He was so quiet last week. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Just if missing an action. Pressure. Like, I don't know. He's just not, he's not doing what um, I think a lot of the time he's the star player that, that that you look to at the Souths and um, not that he's not doing anything, but he's not being the star at the moment. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of it, being that leader. Um, if he doesn't perform, sometimes it sort of affects the rest of the team as well. Um, I know Lachlan Ilias has been playing really well. Um, they still look to look to Latrell a bit. And if he's not on his game, then um, it can all come crumbling down. As you guys said, it's a bit hard to have confidence fully to back the Bulldogs but I want to go for some upsets this week and I think this is going to be one that I might end up tipping the Bulldogs just just to you know add a little bit of spice to it 
to say Latrell, and, and I, I remember talking about this a, perhaps a few games back, but he just hasn't been performing. Look, tell me if I'm being harsh, but I just don't feel like he's been performing at the level he should be for a guy who's, you know, where he is. I mean, his kicking's been off, and I, I wondered about that knee injury because remember they were talking about his MCL at one point, and yet they were still naming him to play. And I know last year he had the hamstring. I mean, like there's just been a few sort of things hanging around, and um, there's just been a lot going on. And I don't know, does he just need a break? I think it's like the trail picks and chooses when when he's on, he's on, and when he's not, he's so quiet, and everyone's asking where's the trail. But like all those things that have happened. He can go one or two ways. He can either let that play him or he can play that to his advantage. The racial stuff, of course, is a deterrent, but he could really go out there and shut a lot of people up. He has the full potential to do that. And I just think particularly last week, like I compare him to someone like Cameron Murray, who was absolutely spent at 80 minutes and was just hammering the storm as a trout. It's like... Some weeks it's like all we can talk about is the trail, and then others it's like missing in action. So, but it's on him. It's up to him as to he dictates it. He has an average game. It's like, was he really that bad, or are we just expecting him to do way better? Um, but yeah, watching him in an interview with the media, it's like his persona. It's like he thrives off it. Like he yeah. he's not not confident. It's like you watch him pre-game. He talks a big talk, and then it's almost he goes out there. He's not disappointing, but it's like. He doesn't live up to that potential that he's even giving himself. Yeah, 100%. I wonder if he is um, is in pain and he just plays through it and pretends that he's not because he doesn't want to um, miss out and wants to prove himself, but who knows what's actually going on with his with his body. Thanks, guys. So the final game for Good Friday is a Queensland team matchup in Townsville. The North Queensland Cowboys take on the Dolphins. So both teams are looking a little bit fragile at the moment. Lachlan even said last week and predicted that, you know, perhaps last round was going to be the beginning of the end of the golden run for the Dolphins. Uh, with still a few um, people out and, you know, a few changes going on. Between these two teams, Emma, um, how are the Cowboys looking and how are the Dolphins looking for this matchup? So these teams actually met in the trials for the first time um, and they tied 22 all. Now, after five rounds, um, the Dolphins are only one win in front of the Cowboys. So not looking as bad as I was thinking. Um, both teams are coming off losses uh, with the Cowboys being narrowly defeated by the Bulldogs in Golden Point field goal last week. Um, the Dolphins, however, had quite an embarrassing loss to the Dragons. So they'll need to step it up a bit this week. Um, I think throughout the season, the Dolphins have looked a lot um, stronger than the Cowboys, but now with injuries and suspensions on both sides, we're start, starting to see um, the depth tested in both teams. For the Cowboys, Scott Drinkwater is back from suspension, so Tom Chester will move out of fullback to the bench. Helen Lukey and Jordan McLean have both also suffered hamstring injuries, so Griffin Neem will replace Lukey and Ruben Cotter, who is coming back from a knee injury, he's going to be replacing McLean at prop. Riley Price had a decent um, NRL debut last week and he's kept his spot on the bench. For the Dolphins, Anthony Milford is another player out um, for round four with a hamstring injury. So Zaya Katoa will replace him at halfback and Cody Nikarima is going to be coming in um, back from facial cuts. So he'll slot in at the 5'8's position. Edric Lee is going to play his first NRL game for the season on the wing, pushing Jack Bostock back into the reserves. Scott Donahue will come into the interchange squad with Mason Teague switching back to the reserves. Um, it's going to be a battle of the fullbacks. So Scott Drinkwater 
returning is going to be playing up against his former teammate, Hemiso Tabuafado. Drinkwater scored seven tries in his last, in his past 10 games and the Hammer has scored six tries in his past five games for the Dolphins. So that's going to be quite an exciting matchup, I think. Um, I see it being a close game. Of course, I'm going to go for the Cowboys, but I think it's bound to be a challenge for them. Um, I'm sure the Dolphins will come out firing in an attempt to redeem themselves from past from last week. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but it is a Cowboys home game, so I'm hoping that's going to be what will push them over the line um, playing for the fans. So we'll see how they go. I think this is going to be a great game to watch. I think both teams are going to come out here to try and prove that still got something left in their tanks. Definitely feels like a make or break for um, the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Um, Look, I'm going to go for the Dolphins. I'm sorry, Emma. Um, I I just want to see them come back. I really want to see them come back. Sorry, sorry, Lachlan. I know you said that that was the end of the golden run, but I don't believe you. I I really want to see them come back as well. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do it. I think it's going to be really hard to kind of reinstill any kind of belief into that team after last week. I think it's just such a reminder that, you know, they shouldn't be winning games. They're a new club with with um, a very limited uh, squad. And I guess to have started the season so well was frankly unbelievable. And I think just too good to be true. So, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys will win and I think they'll win fairly comfortably. I'm going to go the Dolphins too. I have backed the Cowboys too many times and they have let me down. <laughs> no, I just think... I had a thought to myself when the Dolphins did get beat last week. They got beat by St. George, but the team that got beat wasn't a strong team. So I feel like a few little inclusions there, Edric Lee, Cody Nicarima, I think may do it. I think it'll be challenging because it is at home for the Cowboys, but no, nah, I have faith. I have faith that the Dolphins will do it. I think it's been a golden point game, actually. Yeah, it'll be close either way. It'll be. Yeah, similar to the Bulldogs-Cowboys game. I guess just quickly on Kurt Donoghue coming back into the team. I really like the way that he plays. We haven't seen much of him in the NRL, but he's got a lot of potential through the touch pathways, touch football pathways, pretty much all the way through. So um, it's a bit uh, it's kind of similar to, I guess, Ryan Pappenhausen, who I think did a similar thing. Um, and it's kind of cool for me to see come as a, someone playing touch football to see uh, an NRL player who's come through those pathways. I'm excited to see how he goes back in the team. Thank you, Emma. Uh, first game of Saturday, uh, we've got the Penrith Panthers, who had a huge win over the Raiders last round, and Ivan Cleary even said that it was good to see the team having fun out there. Well, perhaps not a lot of fun for the Raiders. However, the Panthers are facing off against the Manly Sea Eagles. Manly drew in their last match against the Knights. We all thought Manly would comfortably dispatch the Knights. Wasn't the case. Um, it was a draw. But this match is being played out in Penrith, likely before a large Penrith crowd. Emma, there's no rain forecasted for Saturday and the Panthers pulled out the highest margin win for the season against the Raiders. Although against the Seagulls this round, will they be having as much fun? And how are these two teams looking for this first Saturday matchup? Yeah, look, you could be quite right. Um, the Panthers absolutely pumped the Raiders last week, um, scoring nine tries and clearly kicked eight out of these nine conversions and one field goal. So if his kicking game is as good as it was last week, Manly could be in a lot of trouble. Uh, Manly, as you said, they only managed to just tie with the Knights, which for me, I feel like is not what they should have been expecting. Um, The Knights have definitely surprised me, but still I would have been putting them to to come up a little bit better than that. 
Um, so based on this alone, the Panthers would appear to have this one in the bag, but also the fact that it's a home game. So I think that they will be wanting to put on a show for their fans. Um, for the Panthers, prop James Fisher-Harris is out with a knee injury. Matt Eisenhuth is going to be coming in to replace him. And Sonny Luke is back from the concussion protocol. He'll be playing off the bench, pushing Tyron Peachy to the 18th man. So that's pretty much their only changes. Mainly, we've got Christian Tui Polotu is out for three weeks with an inj- with a knee injury, um, and he will be replaced by Jason Saab. So it's going to he's going to be coming back for his first game um, from his knee injury. Um, Josh Schuster is coming back, and I think he will add a bit of spark back to the team um, as he's returning from his quad injury at five eight position, which means Cooper Johns is going to be moving to the reserves. Ben Vojvic is set to miss around six weeks due to a hamstring injury. Um, if I was him, I'd probably be taking this time to really focus on getting stronger than ever, um, possibly even working on some running mechanics and that sort of thing, considering, um, yeah, all the stuff that his brother, um, Tommy Turbo, with his history of hamstring injuries, um, if he fixes this now, maybe it could potentially do wonders for his future career. Um, he doesn't want to be struggling the way that Tommy has um I guess now while he's really only a bench player is probably a good time to fix any issues if it's possible. Basically, the Panthers have won their past six games against Manly who haven't actually won a game at the stadium since 2018. Um, Cleary's going to be going for his 500th point at the stadium, only needing to score seven on the night. So I'm sure he's probably going to get that. On paper for me, everything points to the Panthers, but I'm kind of wanting to see an upset with Manly. Um, I had don't think it's going to happen, but it would be nice. Um, when the Panthers get a little bit too cocky, I like to see them knock down a peg, but we will see if Manly has what it takes to do it. Um, I think with Schuster coming back in, could be could be a little bit of something happening there, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not overly confident. Manly's defence needs to be a lot better than what it was last week. Uh, they let in, what, 32 points? They need to do a lot better against Penrith or otherwise the Panthers' attack is just going to be too good. They're just going to be overpowered. So saying that they can't be better defensively this week, they could certainly show up and really shake up Penrith. They've shown in the first few rounds what they can, what Manly have shown in the first few rounds what they can do, but I reckon Penrith should win. Start getting some wins on the board and start building a good 2023 campaign after that big win last week against Canberra. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Penrith. I just think, Em, you mentioned you want to see Penrith get knocked down a peg. They're a bit cocky, but I think Manly got knocked down a peg last week a bit and went in a little too cocky and got brought back down to earth. So I think they'll be a little bit shaken, although they didn't technically lose. I think Penrith will at home and, as you mentioned, Cleary for his 500th point. That Penrith crowd will be on fire, no doubt. I tend to find that the Manly um, team doesn't do too well out west like far out west when it comes to uh, performance. So the crowd there just really knows how to um, get in their head quite a bit as well. But sorry, I'm, I'm actually tipping Penrith for this because they're just too strong. Um, to take a line out of what Lachlan said uh, last week, they're not only the strongest team on paper, but, you know, they'll be the strongest team on the field. Thank you, Emma. Thanks, everyone. So up in Brisbane for our final Saturday match, the unbeaten Brisbane Broncos will meet the Canberra Raiders at Lang Park. So the Broncos are now working through the bottom of the ladder at the moment because the Raiders are sitting at number 16. Gabby, what should we expect from this matchup? It's in Lang Park. It's like beautiful conditions. 
with a, a fan crowd favourite for the Broncos, can the Raiders do it? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, when I was looking at these two teams, it's almost like we're dealing with chalk and cheese here with this game. But who knows? There's been upsets in previous weeks, so maybe this game might be an upset. I don't think so. But the Broncos are on fire. They've started their season 5-0. and This is the first time they've had that sort of success since they won the premiership in 1998. Um they're just so strong. Payne House and Pat Carrigan, they're setting up the playmakers so perfectly in Adam Reynolds, Ezra Mann, and, of course, our man Reese Walsh and his beautiful eyebrows. Um, the Raiders, on the other hand, I'm not actually sure what's going on there down at Canberra. They're not having the same sort of success. We touched on it at the start of the show. They're coming off a 41-point defeat at home against Penrith. In the press conference after the game, Ricky remained pretty tight-lipped on what actually went wrong and what needed to be improved, and he just said they were going to keep it in-house on what they were going to do moving forward. But I think they're they're definitely missing their main man in Jack Whiten, who has also been been receiving a bit of media attention this week. Um, He's hot property this week, Jack Whiten. Um, He's still one week on the sideline due to suspension, and to make matters worse for the poor old green machine, his replacement, uh, Matt Frawley, suffered a hand injury against the Panthers, so he's out, but Ricky has named Brad Schneider at 5'8 for his first game since round 11 last year. So hopefully he can step up and make a little bit of an impact. The Raiders also have club favourite Jared Croker being named in the centres for his first game since round nine last year. Xavier Savage is still at least one week away due to a jaw injury. So Sebastian Chris remains in the number one jersey. He's making his 50th NRL appearance this week. Corey Horsburgh has been named to start at lock and Corey Harawira-Naira is on the bench. So that's sort of it for the Raiders. And the Bronx, uh, one of their keys to success has been their consistency and their stability in their squad. And Kevy Walters has gone with the same 17 that he had last week, just with a few extra inclusions to the reserves. So I think that in itself is going to be monumental against the Raiders. I think Canberra a bit scattered across the park, especially coming off a defeat that big. Um, They look defeated in themselves, not only on the scoreboard. Uh, Brisbane have won their past six games against the Raiders at home, so I'm going to back the Bronx to win and to win by a lot. Um, Yeah, I just think poor old Raiders, they've got some, I don't know whether it's rebuilding is the right word. I think having that talk of Jack White and potentially going to another club may even rattle them a little bit more this week. So not looking promising. Going for the Broncos. I agree with you, Gabby. That's a great call. I don't know what the Raiders are doing, but they need to sort themselves out quick. I wanted to pick some upsets this week, but this is not a game I will be picking an upset. Um, Got the top of the ladder Broncos against the Raiders are second from the bottom. Um, You've got, Adam Reynolds, Ezra Mam, um, Payne Haas, Reese Walsh, all players that we're talking about each week. Tony Staggs had another amazing game last week. Um, they're all always we're talking about them, about how well they're doing. Um, and then the Raiders, well, what can I say? Coming, playing at Suncorp, um, I'm fully expecting the Raiders to get absolutely flogged this week. But... Coast did everything right last week against the Tigers, and this is a very similar game for them, I think. I don't see them putting a foot wrong. So, yeah, I agree with everyone else pretty much. Next game that we've got. So um, the next game that we've got, we have the Gold Coast Titans versus the St. George Illawarra Dragons, and they're being hosted at the Gold Coast. 
Lachlan, tell us, what can we expect from these two uh, teams? I mean, the Dragons had a big win. Titans, I think they were just coming off a bye, so uh, they might be a little bit rested uh, going into this matchup. Easter Sunday afternoon footy up at Rabina. Two sides actually played against each other back in round two at Cogra, and the Dragons were actually victorious that time, 32-18. to 18. So whether that means anything, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But the Titans will certainly be looking to get revenge for that one. So back in round two, it was the Dragons coming into that game off the bye, but this week it's the Titans coming into the game with a week off. Back in round four, they couldn't keep up with the Cowboys up in Townsville. They lost uh, 24 to 12. They've been dealt a few setbacks in over the past few weeks. They've got some injuries with um, AJ Brinson and Kieran Foran, both big outs for them this week. That's um, a big loss of experience there for the Titans. That's half of their spine, you know, now sitting on the bench. So we've got Jaden Campbell who will come in at fullback and Toby Sexton coming into the halves in place of them. They're very capable hands for sure. Uh, they've got a lot of potential. They've been around uh, the Titans club, I guess, for a little while now. And yeah, I think it's a big opportunity for them to really step up and have a good game. So we've got Cleese Haas, the brother of Payne Haas, named on the bench. It will be his first NRL game of 2023 if he uh, stays there come Sunday. The Titans, there's also been some signing news over the week for the Gold Coast, they've signed Chris Leeming from Leeds. He is a very good player over in the English Super League. Uh, coming from a team that was in the grand final last year, but have just really struggled to start this season well. So he'll leave uh, Leeds Rhinos and he's been named in the reserves for this weekend. But I think we can expect to see him at 17 in the coming weeks. Maybe, hopefully he um, adjusts to the Australian climate a bit quicker than, say, John Bateman. But uh, we'll see. The Dragons, uh, very important win for them last week. Very morale-boosting uh, against the Dolphins at their home ground in Wollongong. If they had have lost that game, I think there would have been some serious trouble, but it was really good. They did it in a convincing manner as well. So now it's just about backing that up and putting in a good performance. They've named the same 17, so it'll be those same players out there looking to back, back up that victory last week. I'm not sure that they can do it. The Titans coming off the bye... They'll be eager to, um, as I said, get revenge for that match back in round two. So we're going to go Gold Coast by eight or so. I was a little bit surprised uh, about the Dragons. I thought that they weren't going to come, you know, to play, um, but they did. But uh, I guess one thing to note is that the coaches kept the same team each week I think he's just hoping that they were able to build a little bit more of that cohesiveness so maybe we're starting to see the dividends from that decision because I think we've always questioned why hasn't he changed things around but you know it's proven to be a good decision um, I'm going to tip the Dragons for this one <laughs> Lachlan um, I think uh, they're just working themselves out a little bit more Titans they've still got a few things that's got to work through but um, I feel like uh, Dragons will be quite buoyed off that last uh, result Going Titans as well, Lachlan. I don't believe the Dragons. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to buy into that hype. Just, just, you, you've been saying that they've been deceitful since yeah, like round they one. Okay. They are just the Titans. I am still impressed by their when they won against uh, Melbourne. I thought they were pretty flashy and coming off a bye. I think has been beneficial for a lot of teams. So they'll be fresh. Because the dragons are like this mystical creature, I just don't think the Easter Bunny will be in their favour. I agree. Um, look, the dragons did have a pretty um, hectic win last week, but 
um, yeah, I mean, they've got a lot to play for. That I feel like they're trying to save um, Anthony Griffin's job. I think they're too far gone. They, besides that, that win last week, they haven't done anything um, all season, and they could win this, but. I'm going to go Titans as well. I I just don't have any faith in them to keep it up. I think it's a bit of a fluke. And uh, if they can pull it off, then that's that's good for them. Maybe they're starting to turn it around, but I just don't see it. All right. Thank you all. Uh, thank you, Lachlan. Uh, so the final match on Sunday is that at Newcastle with the Knights hosting the New Zealand Warriors. What a fight back from the Knights at Mudgee last round to tie with Manly. I was in surprise because um, I think we had all dismissed the possibility of the Knights able to take the win. However, their resilience could be what is putting some hope back in the fans. Um, to draw with Manly 32 all was pretty outstanding. Uh, the Warriors' win was also a great outcome for a very wet game against the Sharks. We were unsure if the Warriors had the stuff to beat the Sharks, but their fight back to change their fortune and win the match was pretty thrilling. Oh, the Knights. So hands off to the Knights after their performance last round. Also, this week, we're going to really test and see whether they do have the goods to keep that going. So Tyson Gamble's out due to a concussion, and so Phoenix Crossland will pair up with Jackson Hastings in the halves. Kurt Mann is back from a concussion, but he'll be on the bench, and Matt Croker's ribs are in better condition, so he is back on the bench. Um, probably a bit of a standout last round, and we touched on this earlier. Dominic Young scored, he has actually scored six tries in the past three games, or just in that last game, and he's been named to play. Um, also, can I just... Um, name that Greg Marjorie is one of these up-and-coming standout players for the Knights. He's just such a hard worker, you know, great all-rounder, showing he's he just is very fit. He can do so much more than just run and try. So defence, metres, everything, just a great around player. I think he's one of these rising stars, um, as well as Lachlan Miller coming out of the Knights. Um, for the Warriors in their last match, yeah, they were far from perfect in their first half. Like, their defence was absolutely appalling absolutely appalling on the left edge um, and going into this match against the Knights I really hope they work on that because there's no doubt that the Knights were paying very careful attention to which players look like statues on the wing because right. let's hope they sort that out but yeah that that particular left edge was just yeah it was a monster for the Sharks they kept going after it but yeah let's hope they tighten that up so Tamaita Martin, he's back from his concussion, so he's at number six. Tohu Harris's knee is better, and he's back into the forwards. Harrison, well, actually with Harris back, that means Jazz Tevanga moves to the bench, and uh, covering for the suspended uh, Maratha Nyukore is Bailey Saronen, so he'll start in his place. Between these two teams, look, last week we weren't sure about the Knights, and I said that my heart was for the win for the Warriors in their matchup. I'm not sure what the Knights will bring this week, but they're perhaps now a little more certain about their positions and getting their rhythm right. So I think they've got a lot of confidence um, and they'll want to come into this round uh, silencing some critics. The Warriors are looking good and they are confident. So both teams are kind of even for me. However, um, Yes, this is my bias coming through here. I am going to go for the Warriors. I think with Temaide back and Tohu, I think they're going to try and pull out all stops to maintain that winning feeling and uh, keeping that um, that fan dream alive to see them make it to the top eight because it's been a long time. It's been- I think it's a big opportunity for Phoenix Crossland in the halves for the Knights, and I reckon he's going to have a, a really good game um, with Hastings there to help steer him around. This is really, really tough to, to pick. They honestly have no clue like what both sides are going to show up with. There could be any end of a very wide spectrum. Like, yeah, both teams have shown that they can be very inconsistent. I think, sorry, Laney, I think I'm going to go with the Knights. 
You took the words out of my mouth, Lachlan. I don't know why or what it is, but I think I'm going to go the Knights too. It's so hard. Like each game that pops up, it's like, nah, this is the hardest. This is the hardest, this one. This is too tricky. Warriors, Warriors were made such a big point last week, but then the Knights finally sort of clicked. Yeah, this is a super difficult one. Um, I think also because I'm a little bit in shock about both of them. Did anyone actually expect the Warriors would be sitting second on the ladder? Um, we all love them, but that's a it's a big um, improvement from what we have seen in previous seasons. I know they've had a cu- couple of rough years, um, and to see them up there is really really good for them. Um, and Laney used the word resilient for the Knights. I think that's that's what they they've hang on um, so much more than I expected them to they've just kind of slid through they've fought back and they've haven't given up um, based on the team I think it's hard to pick but being a Knights home game maybe that'll be what I'm going to go for but I'll probably change it to Warriors last minute who knows thank you everyone all right the final match that we've got is on Easter Monday Lachlan um it's between the West Tigers and the Parramatta Eels at Sydney Olympic Park tell us what can we expect Eels Tigers which way is it going to go? So Easter Monday footy at Homebush. This game actually was a very interesting one last year. The Tigers came into it winless, as they are now, and they actually uh, beat the Eels by a field goal um, back in, would have been around, around 6, 2022 as well, possibly around 5. But, yeah, they're coming into this game winless again uh, at the bottom of the ladder. But that's not to say that the Eels aren't facing their own issues as well. Coming off a grand final appearance last year, they've just got the one win to their name at the moment, which is a bit of a surprise. They have had an admittedly tough draw to start the season. So I think they'll be a bit happy to see the Tigers on the other side of the field this week. But they can't afford to get complacent. Or otherwise, as we saw last year, the Tigers can really pounce when they want to. They're coming off a bit of a disappointing show against the Roosters. They were blown off the park pretty early on. They also had two players sin-binned in the first half, which did not help their cause at all. There was a little bit of a comeback in the second half, but ultimately wasn't good enough. In for them this week is Sean Lane. He's returning from a broken jaw, which he's uh, suffered in the trials. And Jermaine Hopgood will then revert to the bench. He's had a cracker start to the season. It's been a really great addition to, to the Eels Ford pack, I guess. He's been a really hard worker. And I think off the bench, he can just inject quite a bit of energy into that Eels side few changes in the Eels lineup as well, apart from Sean Lane. So Bailey Simonson is suspended. So Hayes Dunster will slot in there. And Wanga Blake has been dropped to the reserves. This is an interesting one for me in favour of uh, rookie Sean Russell. He's only got a few NRL games to his name. So uh, we'll see how what uh, performance he puts on. The Tigers last week, they finally got the deserved thrashing that they've been asking for for quite a while. 46 to 12 against the Broncos. That's caused uh, a bit of a change up for this week. We've got Brandon Wakeham, he's been dropped with Adam Dewey back into the halves, partnering Luke Brooks. Charlie Staines to fullback. This will be his second game starting at fullback for the Tigers this year. He's done a really good job, I think, coming from the Panthers to the Tigers. Yes, earning the favour of Tim Sheens. He's beaten out Dane Laurie to that position. And, you know, when he first came, I really didn't think he'd. Um, get an NRL spot at all, but he's really down his spot in the 17. So this is a very important game for him at fullback, getting this shot uh, in the number one jersey. AJ Kapoa will take Staines' wing spot with Brent Naden back into the centres. Joel Fahan Gowie is back onto the bench with Justin Matamua uh, shifting off. 
Uh, yeah, this is the ninth edition of the annual Easter Monday Clash. They're split at four wins apiece, these two clubs. So this this is to take the lead, I guess, in the Easter Monday stakes. There are massive problems at the Tigers and the Eels are going to win by quite a big margin. Um, we were, you were talking about earlier with the Raiders about how they need to get their act together um, if they want to be taken seriously as a club. Uh, the Raiders were in a grand final just a few years ago, and now we're talking about a club that hasn't been into the finals for over a decade in the West Tigers. There's just, there has to be stuff systematically wrong. There isn't change, and soon, I'm not sure what that would look like, but it's just going to get worse. West Tigers beat Parramatta in this game last year by field goal, and if the Tigers were going to do it at all, it'd be this week. Um in something upsetting like that. And that's all it's going to take looking forward for West Tigers. It's going to take one game to get that hope back into them, their fans. It's sad to hear you talk about them, Lachlan, like that. And it would be disheartening to watch them each week and sort of think, oh, what's this week going to bring? But it's going to take one game and one moment. And it could be the same as last year, just a field goal, to seal the deal against Parramatta. Um, Parramatta have been clutching at whatever they can get at the minute. Um, I think personally that Parramatta will do it. I think um, the inclusion of Sean Lane will be massive for them this week, but don't lose hope, Lachlan. Yeah, I think they're in a bit of trouble um, because of what you've what what you're saying, Lachlan, and like what sort of the overall consensus is. Like they don't feel like a winning team, and even if they do get a win, it's like no one really has hope for them. Um, and it's really hard to break out of that um, for for them. So yeah, it makes it makes it hard. But I have tipped the eels in this. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't um, like to put my faith in the eels. Every time I tip them, they lose. So maybe that'll be um, that'll be what gets the tigers. Like as you said, Gabby. Like if they were going to win a game, this is probably the one um, that they will. And I mean, the eels have only got one win ahead of them. It's not like they're doing amazing either. Um, so even though, yeah, even though the Tigers are really just all over the place and struggling, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game that they could win. Uh, Lachlan, I'm going to tip for the Tigers just to, um, you know, I don't know, get my hopes up that um, they'll get uh, a win through. But, you know, we are in that sort of era of disappointments at the moment and golden point finishes. This could be um, what is a turnaround uh, match for them. So... I'll I'll throw them a bone. I'll go for the Tigers. Well, there you have it, everyone. That is our show. Thank you, Gabby, Emma, and Lachlan. Thanks for tuning in and wishing you a great long weekend. We appreciate your support and hope you can tune in regularly. Don't forget to subscribe, download our episodes, and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. You can find details about our panellists and hosts for all of our shows at our website at motosports.com.au with all of their social media handles so you can reach out to them. Until next episode, please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us spread the word. Wishing your team a great round and no injuries. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.